You are tuned in to La Vita. Welcome. This is your host, Sunny L. The Black Velvet. Uh, uh, turn your lights down low. Parenting is the most perplexing, most time-consuming and patient sapping job ever invented. How do we navigate the best course for our teens so they can chart their own path? Giving your teen the opportunity to delve into your history and motivations is an important step in building an open and trusting two-way relationship. On this episode, I have the pleasure of exploring the most sought-for content on this series, Teenage Lifestyle and Parenting, Nigerian Mom versus American Mom. The Nigerian Mom is a mother of four, the American Mom a mother of two and a grandmother no further introductions needed by their actions you shall know them no need to worry yourself <laughs> thank you for agreeing to do this with me on la vita podcast i appreciate you are welcome thank you ma'am thank you for having me so let's dive right into the business of the day what parental style did you experience and what can you say you learned from your parents about parenting i guess i would say traditional dad was the ultimate authority and mom was the boss Mother was around most of the time and father was away working. You know, my mother might spank us or something, but my mother was always, just wait till your daddy comes home. You will get it. And actually, I don't think my father spanked me, but once my whole entire life. <laughs> but, but he was the ultimate authority. I learned from my mother that the most important thing was love. From my father, that you have to be truthful. My father was so funny. My father was the silly one. And my mother was always serious about everything. We were not very much alike. Um, mine was a polygamous home, but I saw that my parents were intentional in bringing us up. They didn't just leave us to ourselves. And my mother would say, I'm telling you this because I want you to turn out well. I don't want you to go out and disgrace us. And so I grew up knowing that parenting is intentional. And my parents would say to me, it's not just about you, it's about the generations yet unborn. So if you get it right, it will be right all the way. One of the things I really appreciate about my mother's parenting style is the fact that we talked a lot. My mother never imposed anything. She said she didn't want to give birth to robots. She said, stand up, you stand it you see sometimes we had some level of negotiation and i'm so glad i found that out from home great mom i got a girl pregnant your 15 year old son says this to you are you high on something what is the meaning of that <laughs> do people just get pregnant i beg i beg i beg i beg where is that one coming from like seriously it's not something i anticipate <laughs> i just prayed i never get to hear that that is if a slap does not follow what is that mm, okay What's if? Um, if it came to it, we'll sit down and we'll talk about it. We'll get to meet the parents, even if they don't want the child. The child is our blood. I will accept the child. An abortion is out of the way because um, it is important that the children know the value of not casting their pearls around. Uh, uh, turn your lights down low. My son, I, I don't. My son came in and said, "I got a girl pregnant." I would go. Oh my goodness, what can we do? We have to sit down with her parents and talk about what we're going to do. I mean, if she decides to keep the baby, then you are responsible for feeding and clothing and sending child money to her for the rest of its life or till it's 18. So is that, are you too ready for that kind of responsibility? Same with her. And if they both are not ready, do you subscribe to an abortion? It depends a lot on the maturity of the boy. If she was 11 or 12 and he was 14, no reason why they should have a baby at that age. I would happily pay for an abortion. If he's 19 and he's working and she's uh, 17, hey, have the baby if they want it. Okay. How do you react if your teen comes to you and says, Mom, I'm gay? Huh? Gay. Don't they cool? 
Is that one a new word or is it a new slang? In my lineage, there are no gays. There hasn't ever been and there will never be because I gave birth to a fine gentleman. Man, it's not possible. I don't think any parent rejoices at that news. No parent holds their newborn baby and says, I can't wait till you get a gay lover. <laughs> First and most important thing, I guess I'd say is, I love you. And that's all that matters. And no matter what or how God made you or whether I approve or not, I love you and I will always be your mommy. If that's the way God made you, we will deal with it. That's what we'll do. And that's all that matters to me is that you're happy. Your teen accidentally raises his or her voice at you. What would you do? Has it ever happened? What do you do? <laughs> that one has never happened. In the crease. In smoke ganja. Begin what happens. You know go try it. You know go try it. You know. You can't. If you do any you see any One slap, we first put him in auto format. First. Before we move on. I've never had that experience and I pray I don't have it too. Why would you raise your voice at me? You say accidentally. He gets some accidents when it will happen. I will shout for me. Never, you know go reach like that. That one is a costly mistake. You don't do that. It's not proper. Because even among them as kids, I tell them, don't raise your voice at him. Wait, no good, no good. A lot of times we try to manipulate people by raising our voices. Yeah, right. And it's a very wrong thing to do. There's nothing wrong in talking normally. Uh, uh, turn your lights down low. That she and I had a few moments, but generally, this is the discipline part. You don't want to get to the point. I mean, they might scream at you, and you just are the rock against which their temper tantrums just roll off. It means nothing to you that they're having a hissy fit. You're not bothered. You don't get angry back because that just makes it all worse. You just are calm and collected. Mm -hmm, I can understand you're upset and we're going to sit down and discuss it calmly. But if you need to, you can go and have a time out while you think about what you want to say when we discuss it. And don't raise your voice to your mother. It won't do you any good. Mm, okay. So, you find drugs on your team. What would you do? Hey! My enemies have caught me. <laughs> and drugs. No, 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 no. That's a no-no. It will not work. Oh. We will have a very big talk. Oh, yeah, sit down, sit down, sit down. This was in vogue. Eh? How many of us are doing it? When did you start doing it? This is not the time to shout and slap. Oh. This is the time to sit down. Of course, you need to let the child know this disadvantage. You're talking to a mind that is made up to do something bad. In particular, I would like to find out which friend has introduced him to him. It is important that you know who your, the friends of your kids are. That's a hard question because if I found drugs on my teen, I would panic. I mean, that would be to pull out all the parental stops and call the father home from work if necessary and not confront the child because they're going to feel threatened and caught, guilty, shamed, scared. You don't want to make them worse. You want to understand why, who gave it to them, how did they get a hold of it, and when is you're going to call the police on that person and help them get help medically, whatever they need. You can tell them that you raised them better than that, and they're not that kind of person who needs drugs. And if they think they are, let's go to the doctor and discuss why you think you need them. I'm 18. I'm an adult now. Your teen looks you in the eye and walks out on you. How would you react to this? Does 18 make somebody stupid? I was once 18, man. In fact, before he even gets to the door, I've dragged him back. What, what, what is that for? Are you all right? Where is he walking to? Okay, let him. If he has gone far, he will come back to meet me later. <laughs> <laughs> that, that question amuses me. Oh, I'm 18 and an adult now. <laughs> and he walks out the door. I go, bye, sweetie. Mama loves you. Should I pack anything for you? Here, take your clothes and your whatever and your music with you. I don't need it. Bye. Have fun. Be safe. Right? Law says they're adults. They're adults. If you've trained them right, 
they can handle it. They might get into trouble and they might say, Mama, help. And you might help them if you decide that the trouble wasn't something that you prepared them for or they do need help. It's an emergency. But, you know, if you've done your job, they're prepared. How do you tell your teens about sex and at what age do you start to tell them? I start telling my kids about sex from when they are three. Your private part is private. It's not public property. No matter how sleepy any of my children is, when he enters the toilet, hold your penis by yourself. Nobody holds it for you. So they don't use the opportunity to start fiddling with it. You close your body, you tie your toy. So as they grow older, we just continue. All my kids, even the youngest, they know. I say, as you grow up, if you are with a girl, you start touching her and she says no. No matter how faint the no is, a no is a no. If you go ahead and you rape the person, like, what? Yes, sex education, it's an ongoing discussion in my home. See, if you don't train your children, the streets would train them. Why would you shy away? My mother taught me sex education. My mother never told me, if you sleep near a man, then you'll get pregnant. My mother said, hmm, if a man puts his penis into your vagina, he will ejaculate. My mother, I was telling me, said, hey, don't turn away. Listen, so that you will not bring me shame. And so it helped. Yes, so it is between your legs. What he has between his legs, coming between your own legs, that is what will make the difference and maybe determine your the line of your future. Well, the worst thing you can do to tell your teen about sex is to keep them totally oblivious to what sex is or what it entails until they hit puberty and then suddenly spring it on them. That's the surefire way to traumatize them. <laughs> Either into doing it immediately or being in fear of it. Sex is biology basically. And I, I just start when they're very small, like toddlers, and you teach them the body parts. This is your knee, this is your tummy, this is your head, and this is your genitalia, your little penis, or you can say your little pee-pee. You don't have to explain to them what it's for eventually until they're old enough and just little by little increase their knowledge. So when the final big moment comes, it won't be a big moment and do it before they hit puberty. Because once they hit puberty, it becomes something that may happen to them personally. And it's be kind of ah, either scary or intriguing and either way you don't want that so best way to start young and just make it science okay your 10 year old says he doesn't want to go to church with you anymore what do you do i think the most important thing is to ask them why and try to get them to really let you know why they don't want to go you don't know what's going on in their classrooms you're not with them they could be being bullied they could be sexually harassed or they see that somebody in the church doing something they know from what you've told them is a wrong thing to do and they're conflicted. There's all sorts of reasons why a honest child might not want to go to church and so you want to find out why. And after that, if the only answer is because it's boring, then you tell them it's only boring for an hour a day. You'll live through it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a serious matter. That's not the time to pull them and drag their head. That's the time to say, are you all right? Is somebody bullying you there? What is wrong? Maybe there's a conflict that they don't understand. So you ask the child, there must be a reason why your child doesn't want to go to church. If I don't want to go to church, I don't believe in God. Does God exist? No, we don't want to hear that kind of, those are stories that touch the heart. Speaking of which, you mentioned something. You know, children see a lot of things on social media. They hear a lot of things and all, and you cannot 100% be with your kids yes. every time. Yes. Yeah. So your teen has seen something somewhere or has heard something somewhere and comes to you and says, I don't believe in the existence of God. How do you handle that? 
Hmm. With what's going on in the world and so many things right now, a time will come where they will begin to doubt the existence of God. Because there are so many conflicts. My professor, the person who is teaching me psychology or philosophy or whatever says that we are offsprings of primates. We are mo- from monkeys. They don't say I'm not a monkey. The sun is not round. The earth is not. That is what science says. Science tends to push people away from God. It's not the time to shout at all. This is a time to be calm because you know there's something that is bothering them so much that something you've taught them over the years from childhood all of a sudden does not seem to be making any sense how do you think the air you are breathing now came about nigerian mom versus american mom my teen said they don't believe in god it'd be just like if they were 10 and said they don't want to go to church you ask them why if you've raised them in the religion and you understand your belief then you just talk to them not judgmentally don't scream at them don't say you're going to hell or whatever just say why Let's talk about this. Or maybe if you have a trusted minister, you want to have them talk to the minister. But a person's spiritual life is their own connection with God. That is really between them and their Lord. A lot of times teens can be very agnostic or even atheists and then come around when they get a little older and have little ones of their own because it's hard not to believe in God when you're holding your own baby, as we all know. Mm, Yeah, I totally agree. Okay, moving on. Your teen's friend comes to your home, you open the door, and he says, Hi, what do you do? <laughs> yeah, well, I'll, f- I'll close the door first, boom. <laughs> then open. If the child says hi again, I say, Come, your man not teach you for house. They're not train you well. What it be I? Come on, stand there and greet me properly. <laughs> The child will greet. If it's good morning, say good morning, ma. <laughs> and you stand there and give it. You don't tell me hi. I know you will. I'll be African woman. <laughs> Okay, but what's wrong with hi? What, the, it, what is hi? It's so casual, only two words. It's a naked greeting. Hi. Even the beer parlor, of senior day, you know, they don't get a picture of elders for their house. Tell me hi. What is hi? This question's kind of amusing because I kind of think of Nigeria, maybe wrongly, as America in the 1950s. And in America in the 1950s, if a kid went to a neighbor's door, he'd knock on the door and say, Hello, Mrs. Smith, is Johnny at home? And you always called adults by their last name, Mr. Smith, Mr. whatever their name was. But nowadays, kids call all adults, no matter who they are, by their first name. That was kind of a shock to me when that started. My kids' friends would walk in and say, Hi, Esther, how's it going? You know, and that's kind of hard to get used to, but it's okay. It's not important. Not something to make a fuss over. Right. Hitting or spanking more often than not either breaks a child's spirit or make them rebellious and seek to subvert your lesson or self-harm. What do you think is a good alternative to this? Do you by any chance think spanking is physical violence? No, there are extremists. There are people who do extreme things. Like I had a friend whose mother threw um, firewood, you know, from the fire. She, she just pulled it and threw it at her and she missed it by a wink. I'm like, that's extreme. That oh. is that is child abuse. That is violence. So I think that every parent should know where to draw the line. You don't hit, hit, hit it. The child's skin breaks. Until when the next time you want to punish the child, the child's not the only king. If you give two, three strokes, it's okay. But the best alternative for me is talking. Mm. Whatever you do outside of all those things is to sit back and talk with your children. I just sit you down and I say, this thing you did, do you, do you think it's right? What prompted you? Every parent will get it right with negotiations and talking. Home is where a child should feel safe because I want their thinking pattern to be good. 
actually, a lot of spanking can be physical violence. It depends. And again, I'm not talking a practically love pat on the fanny as they pass by. I'm talking about causing them pain and seeking to cause a child pain. That seems kind of sick, really. What are you teaching that child? That if you're angry, you can hurt someone? If you're upset, it's okay to lash out at other people? It's not a good thing. The alternative basically is to talk to them. Why are you doing this? Explain it to me. And, and that helps a lot. You want to keep the lines of communication open with your children to let them know that you're there and you're listening. It's real important that children feel they can be heard. Looking at your culture and style, what would you consider proper discipline? Proper discipline for me would be that you start pruning the child's excesses from a young age. For instance, I see some kids sit and an adult is standing and I say to myself, what kind of upbringing did this one have? Because you have to be intentional to teach that child what to do, how to comport themselves. It's not just at home. So for me, when the need for a serious squeezing of ear comes, when I squeeze that ear, it will be hot as if they put a boniki. If, <laughs> if it comes to a very serious pinch, you you remember that pinch for decades. Because I do a lot of verbal and non-verbal trainings. They, they know the prompting, they'll leave. They know when to keep quiet. They know when to stand up. I use my body language to talk to them and say, mm, 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 I think mommy's saying that we should leave you now. No. <laughs> so they just know it has to be intentional. There's nothing wrong in flogging a child. There's nothing wrong in a big pinch. Uh, turn your lights down low. In America, spanking is now considered child abuse. And you can get in trouble with the law if you spank your children. I don't mean a swat on the fanny in passing. I mean an actual sit down with a rod or a stick or a broom or wooden spoon and spank them. It wasn't that way always, but that's the way it is now. Nowadays, you have different punishments. For me, I always use the ultimate doom punishment. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. What you have to learn when you have a child, you have to discipline yourself so that they absolutely believe you'd say what you say you're going to do. If you say, if you eat all your peas, I'll give you ice cream. And they eat all their peas and you don't give them any ice cream. Oops, uh, your kid may forgive you, but they will remember you don't keep your word. But if you say, if you eat your peas, I'll give you ice cream. They eat their peas, you give them ice cream. Then they learn if you say something, you mean it. So when they're misbehaving, you say, stop that or I'll send you to your room and take away all your electronics, whatever you decide, or you can even use a fantasy punishment. Stop that immediately, or I'll lock you in a dungeon for a year. The thing is, they know from previous experience that when you say something, it's going to happen. So they will stop. What would your child do that you consider him or her as rude? Ah, if my child ever raises the voice or walks away, storms out. That is rude because it just means that I failed. I didn't bring you up well. I will do something about it. Definitely. So speaking of which, when a child misbehaves, do you think it's failed parenting or it's just a child? <laughs> there are two sides to come. There's a part where training comes in and then there's a part where the person you are training accepts the training. Nobody will ever say I did not train you. If you don't do it, they will say you did not learn. Because mm. I've had several people live with me. Several. Some are married right now. And I said, see, see, hey, if this is my mouth, oh, I will not stop talking. I will do my own. If you go outside any day and they say they're not training you, eh, that is an insult for your mother, right? Mm. <laughs> but that day they will not be insulting me. You will be remembering that I trained you. But you did not learn. 
If a child is rude, usually children are like little blind worms. They <laughs> sound silly, but like little lost souls, I guess, in a black room. So they're always testing to see if the room has walls. Or maybe there isn't any walls. Maybe they're defenseless. And you are their walls. And so they're always going to be pushing against you. They're always going to be seeing how much they can get away with. And rudeness, I just use humor. My uh, daughter one time decided to call me by my first name. It was bad enough the neighbor kids called me by my first name, but I wasn't going to have my child do that. So I said, oh, you can call me mom, or you can call me mommy, or you can call me mother, or you can call me she who must be obeyed, but you cannot call me Esther. And of course, she laughed, but she never tried to call me Esther again because she got it. Humor is your saving grace. You need a sense of humor. If you can't laugh with all the trials that children put you through, <laughs> you will go positively bonkers. Do you set goals for your teens? And how do you measure your success as a parent? I will not ordinarily set goals for my kids. I will make them see if they need to set goals or ask them, what would you rather do in this situation? Academically, I'll say to them, what's your plan for this school year? What do you want to attain? Or what grade do you want to have? And I'll go through their results and say, this particular subject, you had an 80 something in it and I know you can do better. Why don't you push? And then I tell him that there's a God side and there's a human side too. You have to do your side. God is doing his own. God is always doing his own. For me, my greatest joy or the way I can assess my parenting skills is how my children turn out. I go out, I see some children throw some tantrums. I see a parent standing, their child is there. I'm like, please, can you stand up? Say, no, 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 just no, sir. A child learns from everything. Parenting is a very serious responsibility. It's not for the lily-hearted Because we're talking about generations unborn. So for me to assess my success at parenting, it's the way my kids turn out through the way they behave, the way they speak, their academic success. And I'm not saying just my biological kids. I've had people live with me and I've had them say certain things to me that say, thank you for allowing me to train you. Aww, that's so sweet. What I wanted for my kids, goals I had in mind, I wanted them to be totally competent adults, to be able to handle money or just have them have all the life skills I can pile on them so that they're off on their own. I know they can handle it. You know, I want competent, successful adults who can go ahead and make their own way in the world without running home to mommy every five minutes. Parenthood is the only job that you do that if you do a good job of it, you do yourself out of a job. If you do a bad job of it, they're back in your house, they're living off of you, they're borrowing money, they come back and they whine and they live on your couch or they live in their own room again, um, done a bad job as a parent. If they say, goodbye mom, I can handle this, and they go off and they do, you've done your job right then. And you can give yourself a pat on the back. Uh, uh, turn your lights down low. Hey, what an episode. What? an episode what an episode you both were so amazing and full of vibes thank you so much for doing this with me thank you so much for your time your experience your expertise and everything i am really grateful thank you for having me i'm always happy to help you danielle i have a great deal of respect and admiration for your wisdom and good sense uh, uh, turn your lights down low don't rely on this and say you've done your best. Give it all out and trust that they turn out well. If a child misbehaves, majority won't look at the child first. The first thing that comes to mind is, which kind of wish we can be this? And I'll give up our mouth for us. Sometimes we get caught up in the whirlwind pace of modern life, so that we get too busy to bother about our teenagers, feeling like, oh, they can take care of themselves. Who tell you that one? 
At the end of the day, as soon as we think we've got the route all figured out, we end up on the side of the road with a flat from the massive pothole we couldn't avoid. When you're a conga, see you say, oh, man, had I known. To that parent listening, can you let go of the guilt and do better? You may think your family life and parenting skills have failed. You may feel tired, deflated, defeated, and you blame yourself for how your kids are turning out. Perhaps you've realized some mistakes you made, but cut yourself some slack. Self-blame can create a paralyzing guilt, and that's not what we are about. You need to understand the distinction between blame and responsibility and to realize it's never too late to take back control. By opening yourself to the idea of changing and improving, you are already making a difference. You may not have all the tools you need yet, but you can begin from where you dropped the baton. Don't relent, keep trying and everything is gonna be fine. This brings us to the end of this episode. Stay tuned for more intriguing content on Sundays at 3pm Nigerian time. Would you like to talk to me or share some life episodes? Have you got a message for me? Do send them message on my social media platforms or a direct message to my podcast channel there's a plus sign on your screen and a voice message right beside it you can reach me in just one click until i come your way again i'm sending you virtual hugs and smiles stay safe wash your hands and mind your own business i remain your usual host danielle the black velvet la vita Vita. explore the the life turn your lights down low And pull your window curtain